Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Welcome to Parenting Today, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I am John Parrott, and my co-host is... Oh, my name's Kurt Cooper. (laughs) Uh, So we've, uh, that's funny, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, we've been discussing movies this week. If you tuned in on Tuesdays, uh, we talked about the good and the bad of movies, uh, Creation Fall. And now today we are talking about redemption, restoration. And uh, if you listened to last week's podcast on YouTube, you know at the last uh, portion of this segment, we will also share some cultural artifacts or some things we've come across. And so we actually did not discuss that uh, pre-recording. So Kurt and I might have to come up with some stuff on the fly. Uh, but yeah, let's get into redeeming this. I mean, we talked about the the good in it. And so, um, you know, we got into some of this a little bit, um, but kind of thinking maybe, Kurt, we can start out with boundaries of just kind of some boundaries we have for movie watching. And maybe I'll go ahead and bring up the the most obvious um, boundaries and that's probably the rating system, mm. uh, you know, G PG, PG 13 um, I've actually, um, talked about this before. Uh, I do have an, an article, uh, somewhere on reformation 21. Um, if some people want to go and check that out and I guess humble, humble brag. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of felt like I just, I had to say it. And so I put it out there. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, what's funny is you can say it's bragging, but I would guarantee you 95% of the people listening to this don't even know what that website is. So Look, um, here's what's fun about this, guys, is that John is actually like pretty respected thinker in our circles. Um, <laughs> and it's really fun to uh, mess with him about the fact that people care about what he thinks. So I'm going to do that a lot. You just be prepared for that. Okay. <laughs> um, so so and that's something, too, is we, uh, you know, this is still a new podcast. We will try to get links up on the R. RYM website. If you go to rym.org um, slash resources, we'll have our podcast there and we will get links up to articles and, and things that we mentioned on this uh, show. So, uh, but, but something just getting back to the rating system, that is a system that we as Christians need to be very suspicious of. Um, the MPAA, uh, who you know determines the rating systems for movies, they don't necessarily share a biblical worldview. Um, and how they go about uh, rating those. And even people outside of Christian circles have a lot of concerns and questions about their rating process. So it's just something we don't need to, it can be a helpful guide for sure um, of, okay, this is R rated, then our antenna needs to be up and we need to realize, okay, maybe our children shouldn't go see that. But we also need to be cautious that, um, you know, PG-13, for example, uh, that's a very gray area. There are times where I've seen movies that are rated PG-13, and I think, okay, no 13-year-old needs to be watching this movie. Uh, they typically, you know, focus on the implicit, uh, especially when we're talking about sexuality, um, where they're trying to get you to lust, and lust is still <laughs> inappropriate and sinful, even though it might be more implicit instead of explicit. Mm. Um, so as, as Christians, we just we need to be cautious of just saying, well, my child's 12, so they cannot watch this PG-13 movie, um, or they're 14. So, okay, they can watch this PG-13 movie. We've got to be more discerning than that um, and push back on that. So those are some 
some boundaries, again, that can be helpful using the rating system, but let's be a little more discerning and not just uh, listen to what this organization is telling us um, about this movie. Does that make sense, Kurt? Oh, absolutely. It does make sense. We want to... I think we kind of default to that MPAA system because it's the easiest thing to do. Um, it's kind of passing the buck, but in real life, you know, if we're living out our faith, we want to engage and we want to ask, we want to be the ones asking the hard questions. Um, so we, we don't want to, we don't want to pass the buck off to someone else. I think another thing when we talk about boundaries is um, not, not only like the explicit things, we want to be suspicious of the ratings and we want to watch out for like the explicit things, but we also want to look out for the implicit things about, um, about movies. I think we're going to, I think we're going to go through like maybe some questions that you can ask to think deeply about movies, but lots of times what is objectionable about movies or what's dangerous about movies is what is implied, not necessarily what's, um, what's said out loud. Um, and, uh, and I think a lot of our, I'll give you just a kind of a minor example of that is you know, if you go to see a Pixar movie, more than likely the child will be misunderstood by their parents. Um, in fact, almost always the child is misunderstood by their parents. Um, and what is that? What is that like? Slowly but surely eroding at? Well, it's eroding at the confidence that a child might have in you know talking to their parents about big things because parents, in the words of Will Smith in the early '90s, <laughs> parents just don't understand. And um, and. It, uh, you know, that's an implicit thing that is told in a lot of children's movies is, you know, you, we can only count on each other and we can't count on the adults to help us. When in actuality, what God has done is he's given us these authority structures like the family so that we might go to our parents when we're afraid or when we don't know what to do. And that we might, that because they're wise and they've lived life, they're not perfect and they're certainly not sinless, but because they're wise and they've lived more life than we have, their wisdom is something that we should take seriously, not something that we should just ignore. Um, so, yeah, explicit things we want to be careful about, but also implicit things as well. Yeah, that's that's good. And um, I know we, we mentioned this the other day, but, yeah, I, I think it's helpful um, for us as parents and youth workers to be training um our children and students to, to be thinking about movies. And I know that that's something Kurt was just mentioning, but, but I think it's becoming such a common practice to just consume, uh, these movies. Uh, you know, you think, I mean, just a few years back, um, you know, I mean, people would walk out of the movie and maybe discuss it a little bit or talk about what they had just seen. But now it's, you know, you walk out of the movie and it will, I mean, you don't even walk out as soon as the credits come up you know, all the smartphones are coming out of the pockets and they're checking Snapchat and they're checking Instagram and they're, you know, texting, tweeting, seeing what, what all they've, they've missed. Um, they might even, you know, get on YouTube and look at videos. So it's just kind of like they're going from one thing to the next without really, you know, engaging what they've just seen or interacting with it. Um, and so I think it's important that we need to um, not just consume these stories on the screen and consume the art, but actually stop and pause to appreciate it. You know I mean? Just mm. to, to say, I mean, what you just saw was absolutely amazing from the standpoint of it took a year and a half to make and hundreds of people were involved. And in what you just sat down and watched 
and you just were kind of like, oh, it was all right. <laughs> you know, we need to <laughs> think about, you know, this, this took a, a, a lot of people involved in this and we just need to kind of stop and realize that, like we just kind of witnessed a miracle. Um, and it's something we can, we, we need to enjoy and appreciate and thank God for that. He gives us good things like movies to enjoy and laugh at and to go on a, a thrill ride. You know, I mean, it's, it's a pretty mm. amazing experience and it's definitely an aspect of God's common grace that we need to pause as Christians and just thank the Lord for and uh, teach our, our students and children to be be thankful for that as well. And I think, you know, kind of a helpful practice maybe going along with that is praying before we go see a movie. I know that might mm. sound very strange to some and just, you know, foreign practice. But again, we are not only seeing something that is special and that taps into that, um, you know, reality that we are image bearers of God that are creating these amazing, amazing things. But we are being communicated something. You know, these these movies are communicating messages, and so even just having that practice as a family of praying, saying, "Hey, you know, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity we have," and uh, pray that we would appreciate it. But I pray that we would also think about what we're about to watch um, and to, to be aware of that, and then to have a discussion after it. So. Again, just <clears throat> summing up all of my, my rambling there, um, yeah, <laughs> appreciating what is there and thanking the Lord for it, um, and then also uh, having some discussion after it. I think there needs to be just getting away from this consuming so much and, and appreciating art and talking about it. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about, I saw um, recently I rewatched uh, that Godzilla movie with Brian Cranston, the newest version, the one that came out in 2014, and there's a scene in that movie where um, early on, it's probably like a five second scene, if five seconds where God, like the spikes of Godzilla's back, like just come up out of the water and then go back down um, in kind of foreboding way. And just you think about how many hundreds and possibly even thousands of hours went into that five seconds of that movie. Exactly. As someone like some, some computer engineer, first of all, had to model Godzilla and then he had to like put him like through the water and then he had to model the water and then they had, you know, and then some other artists, maybe she had to um, move the boats in a realistic way and like all these different things that had to happen in order for, you know, and then that was for five seconds of a two hour movie, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, yeah, appreciating what we have, our, um, you know, if, if you could take uh, a modern movie, if you could take Avengers Infinity War and just take it back in time, just like 50 years, which is nothing. It's just a breath of time. 50 years would be 1968. It would absolutely, it, it would drive everyone who saw it insane. They would be mm-hmm. attempt, they, they would attempt to worship it probably. So just to appreciate the kind of technology and the kind of artistry that is at our fingertips now is something that I think is very important. Let's talk about questions that we that we want to ask ourselves and ask students after we have consumed a movie, after we've seen it, to get us to start thinking about it, um, yeah. you know, on the drive home, you know, or, um, you know, whenever it is or the next day, like the questions that we want to ask ourselves. I've got two and I'm sure you've got more, um, but two that I always try to ask is what was true about that movie? Like what what about that movie was true? Um, like what about that? What? And I don't mean like. Well, there's no such Godzilla, and there's no such thing as Godzilla, so that was a lie. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, like, what truth was conveyed in the movie um, that, you know, you walk away and you say, that is, I, I relate to that. And then also what what lie was conveyed in the movie or what was, 
what was one way there was what was something in the movie that was presented as truth, but really that's not the way things are. Um, mm-hmm. And it could be something relationally between the characters um, or some motivation that the characters had or some lie that they believed or some truth that they believed that directed their actions. So those are, those are two that I asked. Do you have any? Yeah. Um, and, and some of these are maybe just a variation of kind of the broader question you're yeah. asking, what, what is true, but you know, mm-hmm. who, who was good in the movie? who was bad mm-hmm. in the movie and then kind of following up <clears throat> why were they good? Why were they bad? Um, because again, the, the definition of, you know, bad and evil in one movie could be something we don't agree with, uh, you know, and, yeah. uh, as Christians for sure. So kind of looking at good and bad. Um, I mean, going back to the, the question I talked about on the previous episode is just the very broad question. Um, what'd you like about the movie? Uh, mm. Just, I mean, that's a very basic, easy question to ask. And, you know, kids are going to be able to answer that. You know, well, yeah. I liked the scene when, you know, uh, he fell down and it made me laugh. You know, okay, well, why was that funny? You know, and uh, just kind of get, getting down, because what you're doing, you're going to dig down to some truth and you're going to get at, okay, this was presented as humorous, um, but should mm-hmm. we even laugh at this as Christians? Um, you know, and so well, it just helps I, us dig I, down. I, t- I take even further than that. Two questions I like to ask are, was there any point in the movie that gave you chills, a chill scene, like where you're like, whoa. Uh, and that could be anything from like a really special uh, to like a special effect or like a reveal that like he was the villain the whole time or, you know, the killers inside the house or whatever it is. Um, so like there could be like a chill scene or also like, is there anything in this movie that made you eye roll really hard? Like really, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, everyone understands the emotion that is being conveyed when, you know, I have some students in my ministry who can roll their eyes super duper hard. And, um, <laughs> and you know, was there anything in this movie that made you eye roll? We were like, you know, really, that's going to work. You know, they, they ramped the car from one building into another building through the air. Like, you know, um, maybe that was a chill scene for one. And that was a, you know, that was an <laughs> eye roll scene for someone else. Uh, and that's kind of, but I think what you're revealing when you when you talk to your child or you talk to your student about a movie that you, they've seen and you ask them questions like that, you're not really asking about the movie. What you're really asking about is you're asking about them. Mm-hmm. You're asking about what resonated with them. And because they're, they're going to they're talking about a movie. They're saying, well, this is something I really liked about this movie. Or this is something that I thought was really cool or something that I thought was really dumb or I didn't like about this movie. But what they're really revealing is themselves Mm -hmm. to you, Um, which as a youth minister or as a parent, this is really valuable time. Um, They're telling you how they think um, and what, what moves them. And we, we would be foolish not to um, take that information and try to um, uh, try to use it uh, to help shepherd them and disciple them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, yeah, you know, I mean, students, they're, you know, they're, they're becoming harder and harder to impress. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking, you know, the direction of where cinema is, is headed. I kind of, I'm somewhat optimistic because there is so much CGI and there's so much trying to top, okay, this movie with these special effects and everything that to me, it seems like it's going to level out. Um, that there's just, I mean, they're doing so much now where it's just kind of like, okay, I know that new advances are going to come along and there's going to be something new and different, but I think filmmakers are going to be forced to emphasize story. Yes. Um, but because, I mean, you know, students will just walk out of, you know, Transformers 8 
um, and just say, yeah, it's it's lame. I've seen that before. You know, it's the same explosions. And I mean, just how much can they improve on that? Um, and so you think yeah. about you think about the Fast and the Furious. Like, there's only so many stunts <laughs> that you can do with a car. Eventually, exactly. like you've got to have a good villain or a good story or a, you know, you've got to have something that drives it. Besides, okay, I know that we're going to take a Jeep and drop it out of a plane onto an iceberg and then ramp it off over the ocean and into a golf hole and, and win the masters. I like, we know like that's going to happen, but, um, like, sorry, that's a spoiler alert for like (laughs) fast and furious, like 12, but, um, that's a spoiler alert for a movie that hasn't been made yet, but yeah, yeah. uh, but yeah, instead something else is going to have to be the thing, the hook that catches us and pulls us in and it's going to have to be the story. So I agree with you completely there. Yeah. And and Um, I think, too, when, when a student just says, oh, well, this movie's lame or I didn't like this movie, I kind of want to enter in on those conversations. Uh, sometimes I've seen the movie, sometimes I haven't, but try to get them to tell me why they thought it was lame and then maybe you know try to push back and make a case of, well, I think you kind of missed you know some of this and aspects of it that were actually aiming at a deeper level um, and trying to help them you know see why mm-hmm. maybe this was better than they thought and they just thought well it wasn't good enough because the CGI I've, I've just seen it all before um, mm-hmm. there's something deeper down there uh, were you yeah. going to say something no I was going to say um how do you other than asking getting your students to ask questions like how else are getting your child like asking the questions again to talk about the movie how else do you think we can foster discernment so that our students are doing this naturally or they it becomes like second nature to them that they would be discerning in what they watch and then how they watch it. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I mean, I think, you know, just using this scenario here with youth workers and parents, I mean, there's got to be conversation. There's got to be discussion. Um, I think, you know, for parents to just kind of get in the practice of saying, Hey, remember you're going to see a movie, little Johnny, and there's going to be a message there. Um, so just, you know, having those conversations, um, I think eventually it's going to just get hardwired into them. Okay. That this mm-hmm. is, this is an experience that, you know, I've gone through many times, but, um, you know, I know there's a message being communicated. And so I think just having that conversation, telling them that it's going to become, you know, second nature, um, for sure as they, you know, go and see these, uh, films and, and not always kind of putting it in a negative because I know you say that as parents, Hey, don't forget, there's a message being communicated and you can just kind of see the eye roll going on. Like I know mm-hmm. mom and dad, um, but saying, Hey, remember you're about to take part in an amazing aspect of God's creation. Um, this is a unique thing, uh, that is a gift and God gives it to us for us to enjoy. Um, so enjoy it. Um, but also, you know, be cautious of what ways in which, you know, the, filmmakers are getting you to think and react to certain things but so kind of highlighting it as a creational good and really just like i said a miraculous thing that we've become all too accustomed and to and it's familiar to us so it kind of loses some of that miraculous feel um but i think it's good for us as christians to pause and and emphasize that and be teaching that to our children um so i don't know if i'm answering your question kurt no that's good i I was going to say maybe one other way in which we do that that I just thought of is that we talk about what we don't watch too, um, and and why we don't watch it. Um, you think there's some things that we are going to uh, in discernment we're going to uh, not expose ourselves to because we know that the content is uh, not healthy for us spiritually, um, whether it's uh, sexual content, violent content, 
um, whatever it may be. I mean, for some people, for, I know for some people, I've heard I heard a young lady say this one time. She said that it it'd be way uh, it it would harm her more um, to go see a rom com spiritually than it would to go see an action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that she sees so many rom coms that that becomes like that feeds into the idolatry of like the perfect relationship that she wants to be in. Um, and so she tries not to see rom-coms, but she'll go and see an action adventure movie, which is kind of playing against type, I guess. Um, uh, I guess, I don't know who decides what the types are, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I tell my students that there are some things that I won't watch. Um, and I'm open about that. And I tell them, you know, here's why I don't watch it. I don't try to say, well, if you're watching that, you're bad. Um, the, uh, uh, I try to say, well, here's why I don't watch that. I don't watch that because I don't want to expose myself to this or to that. And I think that's another way to foster discernment is to say, hey, look, like it's okay not to see something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it should be the expectation of a believer that sometimes we're going to be left out of things because we elect to live differently. Um, and that's that's not uh, a, a unique thing. That's like should be a, maybe even a common thing um, among believers is that. Yeah. There are some things that we just say, well, you know, that's not for us um, because of this or because we're trying to faithfully follow Christ. So that might be another way to foster discernment. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely talked to students before. I mean, just speaking of sexual content, um, mm-hmm. the importance of closing their eyes and saying, yeah. look, I'm, I'm a grown man. <laughs> you know, I don't live with my parents anymore. And I still close mm-hmm. my eyes and look away at things. And that's just, you know, it should be a common practice of Christians. But, but kind of taking this to another level, um, Tim Challies has written a series of articles entitled Sex and the Silver Screen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to challies.com, uh, I think you might have four articles on this, maybe even more, entitled Sex and the Silver Screen. And he's brought a new uh, aspect to this that, that I hadn't really thought about, um, which he would, he would push back and say, well, it's not good enough for us just to close our eyes if there's a sexual scene, mm-hmm. that we're, we're not loving our neighbor well. Um, because those people still had to film it. Yeah, they had to film it. And so you have yeah. somebody who, you know, um, had to undress in front of all the filmmakers and the crew and spent hours and hours, you know, um, it, for, for this one scene. And so regardless of if we look away, we still paid for the ticket and we're in the theater. Um, and so we're actually not loving them um, mm. as our neighbor because – um, you know, we, we've, you know, supported this, uh, this movie that was created that somebody had to go through this very vulnerable, um, thing. And so anyway, he just raises a lot of good questions. I mean, that was, again, he's got four articles on this, um, if not more. And so I just kind of summarized that, but we, we do need to, to wrestle with that. I mean, that's something I don't really know. Part of me wants to push back and say, well, surely we can, you know, go see this or, and just look away. But I don't know. It's, it's very, it's, it's a very good mm. point that he's bringing up in something as Christians, we can't just kind of push to the side. We, we do have to wrestle with that. Mm. That's good. That's look, I take a lot of stuff from Tim Jolly's, so I'm not going to disagree with him. They, <laughs> I'm afraid of him. So, uh, I'm not afraid of it. Well, I don't know. I might be afraid of him. We'll just see. That's another thing. All right. So we've talked about, um, we've talked about, movies uh we've talked about how to foster discernment just real quickly are there any movies like coming up and you're going to know more we i don't know i know about a few but um are there any movies coming up that uh that have piqued your interest either for good reasons or bad reasons 
Yeah, um, I was looking up some of this the other day uh, just to yeah to see a little bit of what what's coming out. Um, I mm-hmm. guess there, there are two that kind of caught my. Eye. I mean, one is just because it's going to be, I, I think, pretty popular, but that's Venom, and mm-hmm. that's uh, coming out in October, and that's a Tom Hardy. That's yeah, Tom Hardy. Not only is he a, a big actor that many are familiar with. Um, you know, it's based off of a, a superhero, uh, which is actually more of a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I don't know a ton about Venom, but I know the the lines are kind of blurred between good and evil. Um, I mean, even in the trailer, mm-hmm. it's a something of, you know, we're tired of superheroes um, or something along those lines, kind of telling you, okay, Venom isn't really a hero. Um, that there's kind of some some wickedness there, but anyway, it's just something to be aware of because I know it's going to be a fairly popular release. I know many people are going to go see that because of the other Marvel uh, movies uh, and because of Tom Hardy as well. So that that's one that's more popular. I think one that might get some critical um, acclaim is going to be Boy Erased. Uh, Boy Erased. It's directed by Joel Edgerton. Um, he's also a writer for it, and he acts in it as well. It's got um, Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman. And uh, the, the little uh, description says, The son of a Baptist preacher is forced to participate in a church-supported gay confer- conversion program. Uh, so that's just going to be dealing with uh, the topic of homosexuality, but then also getting into... Um, you know, portrayal of Christians and how uh, they're trying mm. to, to force this gay boy out of this lifestyle. So it's obviously going to have a lot to say about that and something that just should be on our radar as Christians. Mm. Man, well, I haven't, obviously I haven't seen those movies and we've talked be- before about superhero movies. So uh, I'll just refer you back to uh, the local youth worker podcast. Um, as far as that's concerned, yeah. I, I, I haven't paid attention to many movies that are coming out. I, I know, uh, I doubt many of my students will see boy erased. I, I imagine several of them will go see, uh, venom. Um, and they might go see, uh, uh, they're, they're, they might go see the Meg, which is coming out. Um, <laughs> yep. with the, it's a kind of like Jaws plus Sharknado kind of situation. When I guess honestly, um, at the at the posting of this uh, podcast, it will already have come out. Sure. Yeah. So, um, my uh, my I know for my students, and I would consider them pretty intelligent. They're, they're going to go see Fantastic Beasts, the new Fantastic Beast movie, and they're going to go see Mission Impossible. Um, the big, the big movies are the ones that really get their attention. Yeah. Um, and things that these are, I, I can't recommend any of these movies that we've mentioned, um, or say anything really bad about them because I haven't seen any of them other than to say that it's just a great opportunity to talk with your student about something, um, that they are mildly passionate about. So, yeah. um, just as we draw this to a close, uh, one, I did want to. I do have a cultural artifact, by the way, that I want to talk about. Okay, good, good. I did want to mention. I'll let you you do this first and then we'll talk about that. Okay, I did want to mention Boy Erased does come out in November. I forgot to say Mm -hmm. that. um, So I wanted to be sure to to mention that. Um, Just as far as my my cultural artifact to to throw out there, and this is something I I might ask you about, Kurt, because I'm sure you know a little bit more about it, uh, but it has to do with Fortnite. 
Oh, oh, are we about to do the same one? Because I, I, we did not talk about this, by this, the way. This will be cool if this is the same one. Yes, we have not uh, discussed this. All right. Um, is it people are, are paying for trainers? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have it written on my notes here. I just wrote, I wrote it down and I said, I said, oh, yeah, well, five people have mentioned. You go ahead and say what it is. And then no, I'll talk I mean, that, that, was, that was kind of it. I mean, I just wrote down Fortnite trainers. I've heard that, you know, people, <laughs> <laughs> is that exactly what you wrote down? <laughs> I wrote Fortnite coach on my notes. <laughs> That's and, funny. Great minds think alike. Yeah, that's right. Or bad. I don't so, know. Whatever. Supposedly, um, I mean, people are getting scholarships for playing Fortnite, and um, parents are paying money to have coaches come in and train their children how to get better at Fortnite. I think mm-hmm. I'd heard, you know, twenty dollars an hour or something like that. You've probably got a lot more information, but that was There's, basically it. And I know you are a Fortnite master, so you might be a coach, <laughs> actually. No, well, all right. First of all, since we did our podcast on the local, shouts to the local youth worker, by the way. But since we did our podcast on, uh, I've gotten a lot of comments about from people who enjoyed that podcast about. Fortnite, and you can find that on the local youth worker. And I've had at least five people in a week, and maybe more than that, come up to me and say, "Did you see the article in USA Today about Fortnite coaches or Fortnite tutors, and how people are paying to have their to have their children trained to be better at Fortnite?" Um, and which is a video game, in case you don't know, in case you have been living under a rock, it's a free video game that's super popular. It's on almost any kind of console or system that you can think of from phones to whatever we actually had a fortnight night at our church uh just recently and um it was actually a really good we had a really good time um but i have a couple thoughts about it um the first one is that i think it's kind of silly my first thought was i think it's kind of silly to i would never pay someone for me to be to get to teach me how to be good at a video game. I've thought about it because I've wanted to beat my students so badly at things sometimes that I thought maybe I could get someone who's really good to teach me how to be good at this so I could beat this cocky kid who's you know really good at FIFA soccer or whatever. Um, but I don't. I think in, in pride, I would never ask someone to do that. Um, but is it really that crazy, John, that people would do this? I mean, let's put it this way. And this is how the world is changing. Like, would you think it's crazy for um, for me to hire um, a, someone to to individually coach my son in tennis or in baseball? And I, I think that happens, you know, all the time. And no one is like, no one is like, oh, well, this is crazy. This is crazy. Um, and it just shows how times have changed is that there are other ways to be successful there. What the Internet has provided and what technology has provided is new ways to be successful and new avenues in which to be good at things. And um, Fortnite or video games is one area where you can be good at things. And it just goes to you know, it follows naturally that kids who show an acumen for um, for these things are going to want. Um, to try to you know utilize those things and compete at the highest level, and they're going to seek uh, you know guidance and education on how they can be good at those things. I think that there's a lot of people in um, older generations who look at that and they're like, coaching for a video game, that's crazy. And that was my initial reaction too. But the more that I think about it, the more that it kind of makes sense to me because the more I realize that like you know there if you want to be good at something, there's probably an expert that you could learn from. Um, so it's yeah. not as it's not as crazy as you think it is, um, the uh, or it's it's not as wild to me as a, as I initially thought. Um, and I'm available. 
Um, I can teach your child to be very, <laughs> very mediocre at Fortnite. Um, I, I cost a little more, so um, I'm pretty expensive. <laughs> um, but I will I actually have a friend, a very good friend, whose children uh, um, have asked me to play with them a couple times. Um, shout to the shouts to the waterer children if they ever listen to this. Um, and uh, he sent me that article. And um, I said, I just sent him back. I said, you'll be getting a bill from me because I've played Fortnite with his kids before and we've had a good time together. Although they're all just as good, if not better than me. So, um, but yeah, I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting what people find ridiculous and versus what they um, treat as just completely normal um, and how there's just very little difference between those two things. Um, between hiring a golf coach and hiring a Fortnite coach, um, in my mind, I th- I could I see how you make the argument. There's very little difference between those things. Mm, yeah. Any thoughts about that? Well, um, I do want to say we are uh, we've exceeded our thirty minutes. Oh so. no! <laughs> so, so, yeah, we we want to keep it under there. But no, I, I feel like I could argue it both ways. Um, yeah. But I do Same. think. I think I'm I'm with you that hey this is just kind of a new aspect that of our culture that we've got to get used to that it's okay to try to invest in this um, with you know some of the boundaries and things that we've mentioned um, mm-hmm. but but it's not it's not all bad and not something that um, we should should necessarily be against I mean this is kind of my initial thought but I'd need to think about it a little bit more but it seems like it could be okay. So. Hey, John, is there a way for people who listen to this podcast to interact with us or to send us? Can they email or uh, uh, tweet or whatever at um, at Parenting Today? I think there will be. Uh, we don't have okay. that established yet, but there will be. So we'll be sure to get some information up on that. Yeah. Well, I think I know. I think one thing that I hope we can do in the future is that they can suggest some movies or some video games or some cultural artifacts that we need to take a look at or talk Absolutely. about. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I know we've gone over our time, so I know we got to draw it to a close. Do you have any parting thoughts? No, I enjoyed it and it, it was fun. So I hope it's helpful to those who listen. Yes. Well, anyway, it's good to hear from you guys. This is uh, the Parenting Today podcast signing out.